You there, adventurer? Yes, you. Do you desire knowledge of immense worlds and arcane power? A codex of untold stories and lore? Or perhaps simply easy listening for your daily commute? Then feast your eyes, or more accurately, ears, upon Dungeonpedia. Shit's about to get nerdy in here. everyone, and welcome to Dungeonpedia, an exploration to the lore of Dungeons and Dragons. We're your hosts, Lou and Markel. Taylor Stanfield. And I'm Travis Beasley. Uh, so, not to let you guys peek behind the curtain too much, but um, this is the first episode that we're recording since being back from our cruise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Travis has awakened to some I druidic have. abilities. It's I, some very druidic abilities. I have figured out. That I am a manta ray whisperer, apparently. And stingrays. All, and all rays. Ray, yes. All. It started last year. <laughs> we went to our local zoo, and they have one of those little pet manta ray. Yeah, like touch tanks. tanks. Yeah, t- touch the stingrays. Yeah, so we went up there, and like, I mean, there's a lot of people there. There's a lot of stingrays in one. Not yeah. small pool, but I mean. Yeah, it's like it's like the pool where they take the. The stingrays specifically to like be be touched, be yeah. touched. So like, <laughs> bad. I mean, it does, but like, it's not like their habitat. So there's not like a lot of places to go. Yeah, yeah they just kind of hang out. Yeah. But in any case, so we walk up there, and like the minute I stick my hand in, like all of them just swarm walk to, to Travis. It was amazing. I had like ten freaking manta rays, just like stingrays, stingrays. I keep saying manta ray. Well, be, we'll 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 right. continue. And like they just flocked to me. That would and were, be an like, impressive visual, though. That would be. They were like throwing themselves at me, literally, metaphorically and literally. Oh, like they bit, were kind yeah. of flapping out of the <laughs> yeah. It was out of the amazing. Water a bit. And then continuing on to while we were on our cruise, we stopped in a, an aquarium on the way, basically at our departing port, and there was another like little. Stingray touch. Now this one was actually in their habitat, so there were lots of places for them to like go hide, go hide and mm-hmm. go chill and, and stuff. And you could see them like buried under the sand and y- stuff. Yeah, it was it was actually it was pretty cool. And but like because they they had more places to go, and if they didn't want to be bothered, they didn't have to be bothered. Oh, exactly. That sounds dope. I love watching them wiggle <clears throat> under the sand. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So we get there, and there's not there's like maybe one other person there, and the workers that are just kind of yeah. So we wash our hands and. Taylor had just got done telling my parents about the fact that all of these ones flocked to me when we went to our local zoo. So I walk up there and like I'm looking I'm like, oh, that's really cute. There's like three of them like underneath me that were just kind of like buried in the sand. Yeah. And I stick my hand in there and one of them just immediately comes up so fast it almost jumps out of the water and Sister <laughs> just flaps itself Aww. against the tank at me. Waiting for him to pet. And then he like pets and like it... The stingray is, like, leaning into him. Please, Pat. It was the most amazing thing. We actually have a picture of that that we're going to have to post. Yeah, stingray, we're going to have please to. Pet. If we haven't done it by the time this episode comes out, yeah. we will post it at some point on our Instagram because it was just amazing. It, yeah, it it's, a, it's real good. We also had another one. He didn't really throw himself at me, but he was, like, swimming around, and he came up to me and let me pet him and then continued on his way. Aww. Yeah, but, like, for, for the most part, none of the stingrays, mm. a lot of the stingrays didn't want to be bothered which like I that's fine it was cool like it was just cool to see them doing their thing but like this one this like specifically this one stingray but also a few others but this one stingray was just like nope no pets from everyone else Travis no pets from anyone (laughs) else Travis they love me I don't know what to say and then (laughs) so we were actually on the cruise ship in the middle of the ocean like just going south at like 19 knots. Which isn't terribly fast. But but we're going and at that point, like Taylor and I had woken up late later than my parents or my aunt. So we were up on deck ten, which is where all the food is on the cruise ships. The lead of that. Because we were hungry. And we're just sitting there chilling and like talking, and all of a sudden we look out, and down below we see this huge like blue, black, yellow. Not yellow, white. Not yellow, white. Sorry. 
Either way, this huge manta ray swimming up next to the freaking ship. We were 10 stories, like 10 levels above, like, the base of, yeah. the, of the ship. So, like, we were pretty high off the ground, or off away from the ocean, but, like... Even still, I have to say that thing was huge. It had to be at least five feet across. It had to have been. And we were so enamored at the fact that this thing just swam up to the side of the ship that neither one of us thought to grab our phones to try to take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> but it just was chilling there for a minute. The people behind us saw it and were commenting on how cool it was. and Asked me what it was because I, I guess one sure. of them wasn't sure. And I was like, oh, it's a manta ray. And they're like, holy shit, manta ray. <laughs> It was just the coolest thing ever. Dang. Like we had seen whales and stuff off of our ship when we went to the Alaskan cruise. We meaning my parents and I. I did not get to go. Yeah, Taylor didn't go on that one, but that we kind of expected that because we were told about that, but seeing this random mm-hmm. manta ray come up out of the freaking ocean in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still one of the coolest experiences I have ever had. And it, they're such wonderful creatures. Yeah. They're Aww. so beautiful, too. Sea pancakes. Sea pancakes. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I... It, it was really cool, and like I'm sorry that we like we're taking like five minutes to talk about oh our experience. With Waxing it. poetic, but about manta rays. It was beautiful. But I am a manta ray slash stingray whisperer. Apparently, uh, 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 you, flat cartilage. You are you. Your soul is druidic. Apparently, which I'm okay with that. Uh, do you know what type of alignment druids typically are? They um, are, well, it kind of depends because, I, I mean, mean, druids can be any alignment, can't they? Yes and no. Oh, fuck. It's one of those open-ended answers. I hate those. Um. So, yes, now they can. But for a while, druids had to be some type of uh, new- neutral. They could only be within the neutral cross of alignments. Okay. Huh. That's lying. Um. <laughs> So, in case y- y'all couldn't tell, we're going to be talking about alignment today. That This intro would have been a really good lead-in to an episode about some, like, manta ray-like monster. <laughs> oh, man. It would have been. Dang it. All right, Maybe let's we take just, it from like, the top and just cut this. All right, scrap it, guys. We'll <laughs> cut that whole intro and then just paste it into one about a manta ray creature. Wait, and it won't make any sense because we wouldn't have been on a cruise <laughs> for a little just while. just cut to us, like... Anyway. Anyway, so you decided to actually go and research... I did. ...alignments at the, not request, but suggestion of yet someone else that we work with. Yes, a friend of ours from work, Keenan, thank you very much, uh, was talking to me right before we went on the cruise and was like, I was like, I need need to get some research done ahead of time so that, you know, we can have an episode when we get back. And he's like, okay, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. And we were spitballing ideas, and he threw out alignment. And I was like, okay, well, that's a really cool idea, but it's going to require a lot of research. Yeah, because it's so broad. Yeah. It's a very broad topic. And very, like, important. (laughs) But also, you were telling me as you were researching it that it has simultaneously... Changed drastically and not at all? Yes, I will get to that. <laughs> like, wh- when I finish talking about it, you'll understand what I mean. Dang, okay. make up your mind. You're saying, like, yes and no, <laughs> and then you're saying it's changed a lot. It's not you're changed. You're hot, then you're cold. You're yes, yes and, and then, then you're no. no. You're in, then you're out. You're up and you're down. All right. Not the Katy Perry song I would have sung, but it's okay. <laughs> Which one would you have sung? I kissed a girl and I liked it. Oh, I was thinking extraterrestrial. Oh, also that's that one. a good one too. That yeah. is a good one. Okay. Well, anyway, so it's like not a Katy Perry <laughs> podcast. This is our Katy Perry cast. No, take us into alignments. So it was Wait, a. You mean our Katy cast? We'll 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 workshop it. <laughs> so, uh. <laughs> I mean, you, okay, so you guys know what alignment is. I mean, anyone who has even the barest amount of knowledge on D&D knows what alignment is. Right. Yes. It is, like, a ma- it's the foundation for a lot of stuff in Dungeons and & Dragons. Mm-hmm. It's the moral, ethical system that basically allows for the gamification of society. Mm-hmm. I mean, Very succinct, it, yeah. academic way to put it. 
Yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of just like the base of how the society structure yeah, ran. It's mm-hmm. a major role playing aspect, but also it formed in a way that you can also turn it into a specifically gaming aspect. Right. Yeah. Like certain classes can only be certain alignments. Like paladins can usually only be lawful. Clerics can only be within their deities' accepted alignments. Yada yada. Some races are not only prone to certain alignments; they are required to be certain alignments. Like, Mm -hmm. specifically, fiends, whose entire essence is lawful evil, and according to 5th edition rules, if they were to cease being lawful evil, they would cease to be a fiend. Hmm. Yeah. What would they be instead? I don't really know. So, if if they cease to be a fiend, would they cease to exist? Or would they turn into something else? They'd probably be some other classification of, like, demonic creature. Probably, yeah. Yeah. uh, They just turn into a guy. They're just like a regular Now they're just like a guy. Yeah, they're just suddenly just, oh, you're a human. They're just suddenly like Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) You went from Beelzebub to Jeff. Jeff. Welcome to the world. Is Beelzebub a fiend? Uh, I don't know. He's a devil. Yeah. He's a demon. I don't know if those are technically fiends. I don't in think this aspect, I think but... it's specifically split between devils and demons, and fiends are a type of devil. Yeah. Um, but Gary Gygax implemented alignment very early into D&D, as in the very first white box D&D set. Yeah. Although it was fairly different from how it is now. Man, if yeah. I could get a hold of that box set. I know. They're just so expensive. I know. <laughs> so he, I mean, this was a thing that was introduced from the get-go. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Anytime we talk about early D&D in terms of, like, rules specifically, we have to talk about Chainmail first. Chainmail was a medieval miniature war, gra- war game that was created by Gary Gygax and his friend Jeff Perrin. Okay, I, I've read a little bit about Chainmail mm-hmm. because that's kind of where... The whole yeah. D&D jumpstart happened. Yeah. Th- um, so it was released in 1971, um, so very shortly before D&D. Um, so wargaming is distinctly different from tabletop roleplay, and that involves like massive mobs and armies going up against each other instead of like playing a single character and roleplaying their singular actions out. Yeah. So the story goes basically that um, Gary Gygax and Jeff Perrin were friends after meeting at a wargaming convention, and they decided to make their own rule set, basically, and release it. And they released it through a different company that owned the rights to Chainmail. And through that, Gary Gygax met another friend. He met Dave Arneson. Oh, I I recognize this name. Yes. So Arneson used Chainmail for his own personal gaming, but he took the rules and adapted them for a role-play type because he he and his friends had gotten bored with the just playing armies, throwing up against each other and everything. Mm-hmm. And so Gygax and Arneson decided to work together to start working on D&D, which was, would specifically be for role-play. Yeah. So basically it was... The love child of a lot of people. (laughs) A lot of concepts. (laughs) Yes. Um, Chainmail pioneered a lot of things that were taken into the role-playing Arneson and Gygax's work, such as armor class, monsters, magical powers, and, of course, alignment. Alignment and Chainmail, and consequently original D&D, was heavily based on Paul Anderson's concepts of world conflict, as were explored in his 1961 novel, Three Hearts and Three Lions. Jesus. Oh, boy. Yes. 1961. Yes. Dang. Um, I will say, I don't think that the book got as much love as it should have. It seems to have inspired a lot of really cool things, but I, I haven't seen, like... People talk about it. I've about literally the, never heard of that. Yeah, about all, the book so. on its own. This is the first I'd ever heard of it. What was it called? Three, three Hearts and Three Lions. So, in the book, the world and particularly the parallel world featured in it called Middle World, is divided between conflicts of chaos and law. Yeah, which is like the classic. Yeah. Gygax credited him in Chainmail and D&D's books, the original books, as references for alignment alongside Michael Moorcock's stories of the anti-hero Elrex Melnabone, who himself was inspired by Paul Anderson. Anderson's protagonist was also the inspiration for the Paladin class, 
as he was a very duty-before-self lawful character. Like, he was meant to be literally a champion of law. Right. Mm -hmm. Paladin. Paladin. See, you said that, and I was like, I get it, but like, snooze. <laughs> D&D's original alignment reflected these influences, and as such, originally only had three alignments. Chaos, law, and neutrality. Okay, so they started very basic. Yes. Mm -hmm. You're either one of these three. There is no in-between. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. Characters were limited to alignments based on what type of character they were, specifically race and Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. Humans can be any alignment because fucking naturally. Yeah, of course. Uh, dragons can too. And lycanthropes, oddly enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lawful good lycanthrope. Nope, just a lawful. Oh, right. I forgot. Yeah. Yep. So a lawful lycanthrope. Some chaotic creatures are ghouls. I mean, Calamore. Y yeah. Um, right. So some chaotic creatures are ghouls, goblins, and vampires. Naturally. So lycanthropes can be any alignment, but vampires can't. <laughs> Yes. Sorry, just noting that. Because <laughs> all vampires do is eat people. Yeah. In a very basic sense, I guess. Yeah. Lawful included creatures such as ants and hobbits, trants and halflings later because copyright. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, God, I forget about that. And then yeah. when I'm reminded of that, I just, oh, it's so oh, funny. Uh, neutral creatures included dryads, griffins, and pretty much all animals. Like, it was it listed dryads, griffins, and a bunch of other, like, magical stuff. And then at the top, it said animals. <laughs> <laughs> not like, not like, you know, oh, bear, lions, tigers, bears. I mean. Like, like animals. <laughs> I guess I can't fault them on that yeah. one. Because if you're going to sit there and type out an entire list of all of the animals. See, if I were going to do that, I would put animals and magical animals and, and then put, squirrel. like, exceptions to each in, like, the various yeah. categories. Yeah, because it'd be quicker to count the exceptions. Yeah, but those. that's just me. But magic swords could have an alignment in original D&D. &D. Oh, my God. And you could gain special abilities for sharing alignments with your sword and building a rapport with, with your, your sword. sword. <laughs> I, I mean... A shawl had an alignment. This is true. Neutral creepy. Neutral creepy. <laughs> yeah. We we actually discussed that. And that's actually something I, I'm going to talk about later is like humorous alignments, like the jokes that have come <laughs> out of alignment. But yeah, my sword or my character sword that talked was very creepy. And we said in Travis specifically said he was not evil. So we said, okay, fine, but he's neutral creepy. Because, like, everyone, in, like, not everyone, but a couple people in the party were like, there's no way this thing isn't evil. And he was like, no, it's not. It's neutral. We're like, well, neutral creepy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, he wasn't evil, but he was evil. Yeah. Like, he was, okay. He so was a line. He was borderline he evil. Was a he bad, was still technically neutral, but he, he was, was borderline evil. He was a bad sword person. I get the feeling that if, it had continued on and like I would have fed into that if my character would have fed into his interest that he would have gotten more evil. Right. His whole alignment system yeah. was kind of based around what the wielder did with him. Right. Yeah. So and that is actually something about alignment that has been that way from the get go. If you make decisions for that are outside of your current alignment DMs would make you switch alignments or, like, have you do something to try and save your current alignment. Yeah, or, and like, if, if you, you do enough, you get pushed a certain... Yeah. yeah. And even with the three-alignment system, that's how it was. And if you did not, the DM could penalize you for experience points. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. You're like, fuck you, I'm going to be a lawful paladin and rob people. I don't care if I get no experience. <laughs> You're going to start taking negative levels at that point. Yup. <laughs> Um, but alignment to chaos or law would impact gameplay and NPC reactions, even in early D&D, similar to now. Yeah. Uh, characters and monsters get along better with you if you share alignments. There was also a common language for each of the alignments, so every lawful character could speak a shared lawful language. <laughs> what? Yeah, I... <sighs> that is something that I'm glad got taken out, because it doesn't really make sense. That's what narking is? <laughs> Nar like, narking falls under the lawful language? Like, it's not called, like, the language of law. It was just, there was... There was a specific language that all... How... If your character's lawful, they just don't understand, like, slang. <laughs> like... Like, teen slang. Other languages make sense because it's like, oh, you know, you are a dwarf. Obviously, you would grow up... Hearing dwarven. Hearing dwarven. Yeah. And then you could study to learn orc or something. But how... 
How do you your, learn an alignment base? Your party's like I, by the sea, and your paladin like points out to like a shark fin in the ocean. It's like, man, is that shark bay or what? <laughs> and all of your chaotic party members are like, oh god, he's talking to shit again. Oh god. So, uh, clerics can only be lawful or chaotic, not neutral. Oh in boy. Original D and D. Thieves cannot be lawful. That. Yeah. What you mean? No Robin Hood. No honor among thieves. No. Dang. That's lame. But, but but you could hire a thief for one lawful task. <laughs> one. 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 In like, parentheses. One for you, or like one for that particular thief's entire life. I'm gonna guess one for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> for eight thousand dollars a month, I will be lawful. Uh, paladins, uh, which were. Officially introduced under the Greyhawk supplement, could only be lawful and then by extension lawful good when that was introduced until 3.5. Oh boy. They could only be lawful good until 3.5. Who was this again? Paladins. Just paladins? So All paladins. So yeah, they were strictly lawful good. Lawful good. Yeah. Because at that point there was no like oathbreaker or like lawful, neutral, or yeah, they neutral they had, good. They had only had lawful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Uh, so when Dungeons and Dragons was updated and re-released in 1977 as D&D Basics and Advanced D&D, the second axis of the alignment system was added. So, you know, shortly thereafter. It mm-hmm. wasn't too long. And this was the good-evil axis, and it brings the grid to look more like we're used to now. Okay. Yeah. It was originally presented as kind of like a political compass with a spectrum, but like you could, the grid was kind of there. It just wasn't laid out. It wasn't yeah. as defined. It yeah. It was just kind of like, I mean, it, here. Which mm-hmm. I, I personally like. I like to imagine a spectrum within the grid and mm-hmm. like you can, you can pick a box, but you don't necessarily fit neatly into that box. You could be like in the corner of the box. Yeah. Like, like character that I played was definitely. A little more neutral leaning, chaotic good. Yeah. And by cha- and by neutral leaning, I mean chaotic neutral. <laughs> he rode that line. He he rode that line a little bit. Tolkien was referenced for the moral alignments, hey. specifically since Lord of the Rings deals with a lot of moral and religious decisions. Like, oh boy, yep. It, that's kind of the premise of Lord of the Rings, if we're being perfectly honest. Yeah. But from there, you have the nine alignments that you will recognize today. Lawful good, lawful neutral, lawful evil, chaotic good, chaotic neutral, chaotic evil, neutral good, neutral evil, and of course, true neutral. Okay. This literally only changes once at this point <laughs> in fourth edition. Oh boy. Uh, of course it changes in fourth <laughs> of edition. Of course they, they, they like skid and go do something wild. Fourth edition, edition just like looked at everything and said, nope, fuck all of this shit that makes sense. We're going to do shit that makes no goddamn sense at all. I mean, it has its its moments. I I figured you would react like this. Yeah, so what the hell did 4th edition do this time? So I'll be happy to tell you later. But we're going to take a quick break real quick. Oh, dang it. Yeah. (sighs) Dang, it's been so long. You're, You're... After having relaxed, your hatred for 4th edition has, like, renewed itself. It has. So let it steep, and we'll be right back for now. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to our episode on alignments. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I, I like, I know it was kind of a broad subject, but I'm I'm pleased with how I've been able to uh, take a look at it. Yeah, I mean, and, and I feel like, this, even though it's a broad topic, like, I feel like we're kind of doing it the best way that you can. Right. You know. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's so, it's been it's doing so pretty good. Open I'm, to interpretation. So. I, I'm, I'm glad that you guys think so. Mm-hmm. While we have you listening to this little ad break, we're going to take a quick moment to mention our other podcast, which is going to be coming up here in the next show few weeks so we've been working pretty hard for a while to get started for an actual play podcast that we're going to start releasing in november called projectile dysfunction (laughs) yes you can laugh at that you can laugh laugh at that for a reason it's a really funny joke please laugh at us um (laughs) (laughs) but um we're gonna have some more details to follow um if you follow us on twitter you'll hear about it as soon as we post it and Hopefully next week we'll also have some more details in the ad break. Yeah. Yep. Uh, plan on getting the Twitter page actually set up for it. 
Mm-hmm. We'll yeah. probably end up pinning that to our Twitter page. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A link to it just so we can kind of... Yeah, so it's easier to access. Yeah, yeah, so people can access it easier. But we will get the information out as soon as we get to it. It should be fun. It's a homebrew campaign that I am writing. It's involving all three of us and our friend Jacoby. So... Yeah, I'm excited. Me too. I'm excited and nervous. Because like we've been we've been looking at this for months. Yes, we've been looking at this for about a year or two. Yeah, well, 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 yeah, we started the idea a year. We we were yeah flirting with the idea, and then we were courting the idea, and then uh, we got engaged to the idea, and now Now we're we're marrying the idea. Woo! Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Okay, without any further ado, let's get through this ad break so our good folks can just get back to the good, good alignment talks. Yes, the good, evil alignment talks. Ooh. Oh, Ooh, that's a funny joke. Um, so for updates on upcoming projectile dysfunction, as well as our regular Dungeonpedia stuff, uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr at Dungeonpedia. Uh, you can also email us at our email address, dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com for questions, comments, suggestions, episode suggestions. And if you want to reach out about anything you're concerned or interested in about projectiles with function, feel free to go ahead and send it to Dungeonpedia. Uh, we will have a specific projectile dysfunction email set up as well, but... We are 75% but, of projectile dysfunction, too, so... Yeah. Yeah. For now, if you do have any questions before we get that set up, I am very glad to answer anything that's not a spoiler for the campaign. So you can't ask me names. Damn it. I'm not giving you that. Dang it. I was going to look back in the sent emails from you and Damn figure it. out the campaign. God Negative. Oh. But while you're doing that, uh, go ahead and subscribe to us wherever you listen to our podcast to get notifications for our new episodes. That way you're not having to wait until, I don't know, whenever you check your social media accounts, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. You'll get notifications there. Uh, you can rate us, review us on any of the platforms that allow said thing. And the thing that I have learned a whole lot here recently for sure, mm-hmm. spread the word. Word of mouth has helped us grow so, so much. much. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. I cannot tell you how much we appreciate it. We have yeah. had a few shout outs on Twitter here recently from new listeners that have just shared mm-hmm. our content and it has helped us so much. By all means, spread the word, yell it to anybody that you see. Mm -hmm. And people telling us that they told their friends about it is like... If it takes us a long time to respond to you, it's because we're just staring at it in awe. Crying. Pretty much, yeah. Almost every I have cried. It's a a really special, humbling feeling, honestly. It really is. Beyond the reach, it's just really special that someone would contact us and be like, hey, I really love this. I love this so much, I told my friends about it. Like, Like, it's wonderful. I I can't... there are any other like creatives in our audience? You 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 know, you know what I'm, I'm tearing what we're up talking, talking about, about actually because like it, it's just amazing to j- get somebody you don't know to like say oh hey I enjoyed your work what mm-hmm. for real anyway 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 um <laughs> thank you Alexander Nakarada for the use of our theme song Blacksmith. Speaking of creatives, speaking of, speaking creatives, of creatives with wonderful stuff. On that note, I haven't plugged this in a while. He has a, a Patreon that you guys can look at if you're interested in any of his music and also supporting him. He's a wonderful artist. Thank you so much, Alexander Nakarada. Yes. Now, that being said, I think we have rambled Exa- on long enough. enough with this ad break. Everyone's probably getting tired of us or skipped forward to the actual episode. So let's just get back That's to alignments. Yes. Let's get back in alignment. <sighs> All right. Well, I did say that I would tell you how fourth edition fucked everything. Uh huh. And I've been waiting here patiently. Did it? It really Not remained really. unchanged between. Oh yeah, from pretty much, pretty much from advanced Dungeons and Dragons through three point five. Through three point five. I mean, like descriptions changed and everything. But the wording, like, yeah. Underlying the nine alignments were still just yeah nine alignments. Like the 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 skeleton was the same yes. pretty much. Okay. So in fourth edition, oh boy. Oh, I think I know where we're going with this. Uh, the alignments changed quite a bit. Uh, fourth edition did a lot of scaling back on well, a lot of things. Uh, yeah. Like I mean, it, it's been talked to death. Fourth edition did way too much like backpedaling and scaling down. Yeah. But some things, I'll, you know, I'll just dive into it. 
for one, you can actually choose to be unaligned in fourth edition, just completely unaligned. Aligning to something is described as an option. Choosing to not align is just as valid in fourth edition as choosing an alignment. Um, well, okay. I, I know, like, the Tarask, for example, is unaligned. Yes. Well, yes, but that is a... Special. Yeah, it's a specialized creature that's not meant to do anything other than destroy and eat. Exactly. Like, it has no... It has no motivations. It has no. It has no intelligence. Right. But like you'd think that, like for for a character like a PC who's being active and making decisions and doing things, like you would have to exactly. Even if you were entirely self motivated in a true neutral way, like that's what that is. It's true but neutral. you're still neutral. You're not unaligned. How can you have? A character who is, like Lone said, living in this world, making conscience decisions, and still be unaligned. That doesn't make sense. I'm sure you have an answer. Well, I, I do, a little bit. Like, mm -hmm. I mean... Fourth well, edition's gonna well, try... Well, I was gonna say, will it be a satisfying answer is a whole other thing, but... It's fourth edition. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I understand not wanting to... Not wanting alignment to define your character too much. Or to tie your character down. Like, yes. I understand that, but at the same time, you, you're you making decisions. I, I think the way that it is written is it's a character that is deliberately not taking a stand for anything. You kind of stand for yourself and make decisions based on, like, I'm not going to go against the flow too much. And which I know sounds lawful. Or just neutral. Well, no, that sounds right. like precisely one of my underlying motivations <laughs> in playing my chaotic neutral character that collected people's fingers. So, like... Yeah, I mean, okay. I, I get where it is. I just feel like it missed... I, I get where it's coming from. I feel like it just missed a lot of steps and a lot of interpretations. Yeah. I feel like it had a good idea of, you know, characters shouldn't have to, like, make choices that are always the same or always within a certain batch. But I feel like they just skipped, like, 16 steps and went to the furthest, like, well, possible yeah. answer. Yeah, like, because if they were going to go with something like that, what they should have done was instead of fucking with the alignment chart like that... They could have just had it in the rules because they've changed everything else at this point to just say that, you know, alignment has very little to do with... Or like an addendum. Like, well, actually... This decisions. And anyway. No, you're, you're right. And in fact, 4th edition actually does this on top of all that. It specifically mentions, as much in a very concise way in the player's handbook. In the player's handbook, it says, Is an alignment just another part of your personality? Yes and no. Certain personality traits have moral weight, particularly those that influence how you react with others. Cruelty and generosity can be considered personality traits, but they're also manifestations of your beliefs about the importance of the worth of others. A character who aspires to be good might have a cruel streak, but if that streak manifests too frequently or in extreme ways, it's hard to say that he's really upholding his moral ideals. Other personality traits have no moral weight at all. A fastidious and well-organized person can just as easily be evil as good. An impulsive prankster could also be good or evil. These quirks of personality are mostly unrelated to alignment, but your alignment might affect the way your personality translates into action. Okay, like, I agree with all of that, but... But yeah, there's no. no reason, if you're going with that, to make an unaligned alignment show. What the... F okay, I, I have an idea. Hi, guys. Welcome to our 4th edition hate cast. I have an idea. Okay. This will fix everything. Oh, okay. boy. All right, y'all better sit down. All right, I'm waiting. 4th edition never existed. <laughs> it just it doesn't exist. I don't know what you're talking about. They got smart, went from 3.5, and just said, you know what, we're going to revise this whole new and just do a 5th edition because we can't think of any good ideas for fourth edition. We can't. We can't. Uh, hey, there were some good ideas for fourth edition. We have to. We have few. to. We have to skip fourth edition. <laughs> the number. The number four is bad luck. Okay. So in addition to there being an unaligned alignment, uh, there are five alignments: good, lawful, good, evil, chaotic, evil, and unaligned. That's it. That's all you got to choose from. Yeah, that, okay, no, I think, I, I figured out where you were going because I thought back to some charts I had yeah. seen, and I remembered that it was the, that some of the letters seemed to be missing from the charts, yeah. and I was like, well, what, what's up with that? So, so now, now I know. The moral stances of each alignment are 
good Revere's freedom and kindness. So what we're looking at is like a S shape almost. Yeah. Um kind of yeah, actually. I'm just like drawing. Yes. And it'll 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 make oh, a lot more sense too as I get through this. Um not in a way that I think means that you should follow fourth additional alignment, but ever in a way that will satisfy any of us. Yes. Uh, so good um, reveres freedom and kindness. Lawful good reveres civilization and order. Evil reveres tyranny and hatred. Chaotic evil reveres entropy and destruction. False and wall. Unaligned, having no alignment, not taking a stand. So, I mean, isn't wasn't there just like straight neutral too? I think I, I thought I remembered seeing an N in charts. Honestly, it might it might have been unaligned was an N. I don't know. Stupid. So I'd say that good pretty well encompasses neutral good and chaotic good. Yeah, neutral good into chaotic good. Yeah. yeah. But so where, I know it doesn't exist, but where would you throw in a character that would be lawful evil yeah. in another edition in this case? like Lawful e- evil and neutral evil are under evil in this case. So it's like five squares and like two right... Er- it's like, like three oh, squares and then like two rectangles. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, okay. Okay, whatever. I mean, it, it's... Okay. Okay, whatever. It's fine. So, unaligned is pretty much the entire neutral spectrum of lawful, of lawful, neutral, and chaotic neutral, and true neutral, plus having no alignment. You can't I, have I, no alignment and still encompass three other alignments. What the fuck? Honestly, I don't know what the thought process was for narrowing down the options like this, but come 5th edition, all nine alignments are back. Holy shit, I figured it out. The oh, person God. who was making this up was typing up and their cat walked across the keyboard. <laughs> and deleted everything. And, like, deleted most of everything. And he was like, you know what? Fine, I don't want to redo all this. He had a power outage and, like, forgot yeah, to I save forgot it. Yeah, I then... forgot to set up my autosave feature, so we're just going to do this. Wasn't because... using Google Docs. Like, I get it. You shouldn't be obligated to basically be a hall monitor just because you're lawful. But I, I feel like there's a much better way to make that distinction between alignment and personality than narrowing down the options. And throwing no, in unaligned. I'm going to create a character that goes around killing people in their sleep, but I'm still unaligned. I, mean, I think in that case, you would have to go with <laughs> no, you're chaotic evil. Your DM is like, come on now. Anyway, I think according to the rules. No, no. According to the rules, if your alignment is anything different than what you claim, you have to change it. Is murder a personality trait? <laughs> you know what? You know what? Some people think murder hoboing is a personality trait. That's that's I fair. I said it. That's fair. I said it. You did. Uh, get at me. All right. Get me off of this tangent of fourth okay, edition. Okay, let's, let's, let's hit a high point. Let's I'm hit. sorry. Get me off of this thing that doesn't exist. <laughs> well, we, can't, we can't say that because then some of our older episodes will be null and void because we won't have sources. Exactly. So let's talk about the nine alignments. The podcast is really good, but sometimes they go on like a really <laughs> weird tangent about a version of D&D I've never heard of. It's really great. Besides that, though, four stars. <laughs> Anyway, fifth edition. Four stars don't exist. So I, I, oh fuck. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so <laughs> I am actually gonna uh, take the descriptions for the alignments from the fifth edition basic rule set. Cool. Um, so lawful good creatures can are basically creatures who can be counted on to do the right thing as expected by society. Woo! Which we have learned depends on what society you live in. Yeah. More on that in a moment. Oh, oh shit. So, neutral good. Folk do the best they can to help others according to their needs. Basically, I would say, like, average nice person. Yeah. We're entering the square that is, like, real human behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, chaotic good. Creatures act as their conscious directs with little regard for what others expect. Robin Hood. Yeah. 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 Robin Hood. Then you have lawful neutral. Individuals act in accordance with law, tradition, or personal codes, but, like... Rarely, like, go above and beyond to defend or, you know. Mm-hmm. Hall monitors. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Just kidding. Just a neutral code that they follow and that's it. Yeah. And then you have true neutral, the alignment of those who prefer to steer clear of any moral questions and not take sides. We are, doing whatever seems best at the time. We are back in the square of regular human behavior. I, and the thing is, is, like, that description I really like for, like, true neutral because 
I feel like the unaligned from fourth edition fits into true neutral with that. Yeah, and it isn't because I, I feel like a lot of people also have a misunderstanding, especially of what true neutral means, of what a lot of the alignment mean or alignments mean. But like true neutral specifically, it isn't that this person just doesn't care. Right. Or that they don't have a moral compass. It's just that like, and it's not even that they're selfish. It's just that they do whatever seems best at the time with, I I like to think of it as the person who considers all the, who sits and considers all the options and every single possible outcome of it before making a decision and but like someone who's like doing math about a moral decision, basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then you have chaotic neutral creatures who follow their whims, holding their personal freedom above all else, hedonists, that kind of thing. Which, let's be honest, is about probably 90% of the character players that people create. You would be surprised, actually. You made prolonged eye contact with me, Travis, when you said that. You would be surprised. In my research, I found that a lot of people actually like to play lawful neutral characters. Really? Really? Because, like, almost every... No. Every D&D group that I have been in or DM for, there was at least two people. Yeah. If not more, that were chaotic neutral. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the... which the top three, like, alignment choices, if I remember correctly, because I didn't actually write this down, were... And this could have just been, like, a pull on the internet or something. I'm sure it wasn't completely comprehensive. Right. right. I mean, obviously. And, but this was, like, from, like, An a good... Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was lawful neutral, some type of good, and then chaotic neutral. Yeah. I would See, imagine particularly neutral good and chaotic good are probably popular. Yeah. Probably. Um, because I see, and I don't know, because, like, I'll admit, it has been a long time since I have sat down and, like, read... Just like official descriptions of the alignments. Right. But one of my favorite ones that I've seen um, people cite is like their interpretation to differentiate between lawful and um, chaotic, especially when it comes to like being on the same row, is that like a lawful good character probably thinks that, you know, society structure is the best way for people to live, is the best way to help people. Right. And someone who is chaotic believes that, like, freedom and choice is the best way to help people. See, and going all the way back to Paul Anderson and Three Hearts and Three Lions, that is pretty much what it was, law versus chaos. Mm -hmm. There were characters that thought these rules in this society is the best way we can protect and, like, progress forward. And then there were, there was a whole other faction that was, like, freedom and choice. rules shackle you. Yeah, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, like, because obviously the protagonist is right in the story, Mm-hmm. It was taken to an extreme with chaos, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. See, what I want to see more, honestly, is people playing lawful evil characters or even chaotic evil, which yeah. I realize that people automatically associate murder hobos with chaotic evil, but yeah. that's not always necessarily the case. That's kind of just mm-hmm. what yeah. some people lean towards. Yeah, and like you can still be like a nice character and get along with others if you you play an evil character, for sure, but mm-hmm. like you, you just have to... It, it's a harder task for sure. Just it is. Your evil doesn't mean but you don't have friends. <laughs> it pushes your evil friends, your extremes of role playing, your yes. abilities. It challenges them. How are you going to do this? Unless you're playing a character that like you're pretending to be just like lawful good. Oh fuck! But behind the scenes, you're manipulating everything to oh, your ends. Man, that's that'd be that'd be good. That would be good. Anyway, we went off on another tangent. It's okay. Hey, I kind of figured it would be this way for this episode, honestly, and I hope that it translates well for the audience. I feel like it will. I feel like people are going to enjoy the debates that we're having with the edition that shall not be named. (laughs) Okay, before I continue on to the rest of the... Actually, I just only have the evil row now. Can you guess what on that poll, what the favorite alignment that DMs had for their character, for their player characters, like for their their PCs to have, for their for their players PCs to have. They that the alignment. Oh, that okay, okay, okay. DMs loved having their their players. Not have. like this is this is what the character I would play if my one of my piece of shit friends ever DM decides to DM. So as a DM, what? They like their PCs to be. What they like their pl- players to play. Yeah, as. that's what. Yeah. Um, I feel like I feel like it would be a 
I feel like it would be a chaotic alignment because I feel like those would be the the play <laughs> like the players that would be most likely and this is my because they would be the players that would shake stuff up more right. I feel like and would probably be more apt to come up with like different solutions to problems. I'm going to go with lawful good. It's chaotic neutral. Ha! Because of the amount of freedom within chaotic neutral, you mm. basically have the option to make as many like a lot of decisions that like a lot of other characters wouldn't be able to because right. of their alignment. Yeah. But yeah, um which does make sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, moving on. Lawful evil creatures methodically take what they want within the limits of a code of tradition, loyalty, or order. Neutral evil is the alignment of those who do whatever they can get away with without compassion or qualms. And chaotic evil creatures act with arbitrary violence spurred by their greed, hatred, or bloodlust. (laughs) They are evil just to be evil. So, murder hobos... But you don't necessarily have to murder. It could just be violence to get what you want and then leave them a bloody heap on the floor without them dying and walking away. Or stealing from the very, very poor just because you can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just because they you might want not to. have much to steal from, but it's fun to watch them suffer more. Yeah. yeah. So, on the topic of law versus chaos, uh, TSR, as you'll recognize, is the original company that created Dungeons and Dragons. Right. An employee of TSR named Tim Cask described in a YouTube video that he posted law as predictability and rational thought. As originally conceived, lawful meant that you were a creature of habit, not that you wore a batch. You could be predicted to react in a familiar way given a familiar situation time and time again. You weren't a kinder or an elf who was constantly flitting off like, okay, that's chaotic. The personality that can't focus or won't focus on something or you literally have no idea how they're going to react given any provocation. Even if they reacted one way before, they might react a different way. That's chaotic. So law in the original way it was conceived was not like all like following the law to a T necessarily. It was like having consistency. Consistency. Acting in a predictable nature. Yes. And chaos was the opposite, basically. The unknown, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could give two people of a chaotic alignment the same situation. One will act one way, and the other one could react a totally different way because there's no predictability to... Mm-hmm. Chaos. Chaos. And they'll react a totally different way next time, depending on the circumstances. Hmm. Like, the way... I like that because it it helps me make peace with a lot of the, the stuff I've seen... In terms of like creatures and certain deities and characters in Dungeons and Dragons being lawful in nature. Yeah, being described as lawful when like it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to my read. Because they are creatures of habit. They just keep doing the same thing over and over again or they react the same way to situations because they want to because they are used to it. Mm-hmm. I feel like that actually particularly really reframes Tiamat to me. Yeah. For like, it's particularly her. Yeah. Like with that in mind, I was able to like settle a lot of issues, Tiamat included, I'd had previously with lawful alignments. I was like, okay, you know what? I can accept that now. Hmm. I'm into it. I'm into it. That is an an addendum or like an included part of. I will say that even like since I started playing D&D, I mean, I've been playing it too long. My very first campaign was back in like 2010, 2011, something like that. In In any case, I have honestly, even as a DM still, always struggled to like draw the fine lines between the different alignments. Right. Just because there's a, there can be a lot of interpretation between what is technically lawful good or what is right. Mm-hmm. Lawful neutral or just neutral. So I've always kind of struggled to understand the exact points. Mm-hmm. But even still, the whole alignment system is a very interesting fun way mm-hmm. or fun dynamic of the entire game itself. Because yeah. it outlines kind of how society works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How your characters work within a specific society. You come from a lawful good area and suddenly you find yourself in the Underdark. Mm-hmm. That is very not... Maybe they are lawful good, but they're a whole different type of lawful good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, on that note, actually, I was thinking of how some characters don't fit neatly into 
certain categories. Mm -hmm. And I had stumbled upon this example of Batman. So... Dang it. Bat you spoiled my next character concept. Fuck. I'm Batman. Batman could definitely be considered lawful, specifically lawful good. Yeah, because he goes out and beats up criminals. He obeys a strict code of justice, but he could also be described as chaotic because he operates outside the law as a vigilante. Right. Yeah. So depending on which side you're looking in from, yeah. how you frame it. Lawful good. Or he's chaotic. Chaotic. Well, Good. if we're go if yeah. we're going with that that was included um, that you talked about about being habitual versus being unpredictable, he's definitely lawful. Oh yeah, because like he one thousand percent. He keeps adopting these black haired, blue eyed children, <laughs> and they keep dying. But he keeps doing it, Bruce. God damn it! Stop it. Well, my last one died. You'll work. Come here. <laughs> Hey, you. Hey. And keep saying, I'm hey, not going to let these adopted children fight crime. Hey, I want to fight crime and I want to be Robin. Okay. And then and they don't. Don't tell your and then, Oh, wait, you don't have you don't one. one. We're Damn. good. It's okay. Neither do I. Don't worry about it. Aw. <laughs> but um, I, I agree. I think he's awful good. But as a joke, Wizards of the Coast created an article resolving this by creating a 10th alignment. Batman. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Travis. <laughs> Travis, it's my, it's like, under there, it's like, you know, you have like CM, you know, C-E, B, B, B-M, oh God. B, B-M? Bad manners? No. Bowel movement? Batman. So. Fuck. I think for the most part, like, good and evil, you can kind of rationalize that. You can figure out, okay, these are good things, these are evil. But I think with all of that, we've done a pretty good job of rationalizing, like, law and chaos. Yeah, mm-hmm. there, there, there's been a pretty good job at keeping the two separate. Mm-hmm. But understanding the spectrum. But understanding yeah. how they kind of work. Yeah, no, that's and this going through, Yeah, going through this has actually helped me understand a little bit more about how... To go about. To go about it, especially mm-hmm. with this upcoming campaign where you guys are going to be operating under a strict law, but very also outside the law. I'm excited. Hashtag projectile dysfunction spoilers. Oh, yeah. That's the name of our uh, next podcast. It's okay to laugh. Have we not ever said that? I don't know. Actually, I don't even know. Oh, God. But Which, just going to say, especially for you two, more or less, you realize that our first session is going to be within a month. I know. That's crazy. I had that realization like 10 days ago. Guess who's nowhere near ready? Me. The DM. But real quick, I do want to resolve one more thing. True neutral. I feel like a lot of people have different interpretations of true neutral. And some are, I mean, I, I, I've I, not seen an interpretation of true neutral that I've hated. I will say that. But Gary Gygax weighed in before his death, rest unfortunately. Rest in peace. On his preferred description of neutrality. And it's the one that he wrote all that time ago in the Advanced Dungeons & Dragons Dungeon Master's Guide. So... Absolute or true neutral creatures view everything that exists as an integral, necessary part or function of the entire cosmos. Ooh. Each thing exists as a part of the whole, one as a check or balance to the other, with life necessary for death, happiness for suffering, good for evil, order for chaos, and vice versa. Nothing must ever become predominant or out of balance. Within this naturalistic ethos, humankind serves a role also, just as all other creatures do. They may be more or less important, but the neutral does not concern himself or herself with these considerations, except where it is positively determined that the balance is threatened. Absolute neutrality is in the central or fulcrum position, quite logically, as the neutral sees all other alignments as parts of a necessary whole. This alignment is the narrowest in scope. Okay, so for the people that are like me who can't really comprehend long phrases like that without reading them... What the hell did he just say? (laughs) So basically, true neutral sees everything in the universe as necessary and required to be in balance. Okay. They see the importance of law, chaos, evil, good. They see life and death, equal parts of the whole. Mm -hmm. Okay. They understand that other people are going to have different alignments and that's okay because it's necessary. The only time that a true neutral character will ever like react is in the threat of an imbalance basically okay see that 
makes a lot more sense to me. Yeah. Which had I actually had the physical like paragraph in front of me right. reading it, mm-hmm. I could understand, but I yeah. have, I am one of those people that has issues grasping very long Oh, I understand. paragraphs if I'm not reading See, it. See, I was a I was just thinking about Star Wars the entire time. It See, it's, it's a very it's like gray Jedi. Yeah, it's a gray Jedi. It, yeah, that is kind of. And then you said the word fulcrum, and I actually lost my shit because that she is a did. Star Wars like reference. you guys couldn't kind see of. her face. It's but... not like a Star Wars reference in entirety, but it, it is. It if you know, you know. If you know, you know. I was watching Lewin go through this face journey while Taylor <laughs> was reading this, and I'm just like, what is going? I on? mean, <laughs> never mind the fact. Beautiful words by Gary Gagax. Yeah, truly. that's like. Yeah. Like, yeah, still, I need like, to, very, I need to very sit beautiful down. words. And I already was sitting down, but so, I need to sit down after that. his example was actually his character, Mordekainen, mm-hmm. who was an archmage on the world of Oerth, and he used his great power to maintain the status quo and prevent any one force from becoming too powerful. That was basically Mordekainen's whole thing. His whole thing was true neutrality. Mm-hmm. If you're interested in Mordekainen, I believe last year... Wizards of the Coast released Mordekainen's Tome of Foes, and in general, you can just wiki search. I had a yeah. I had a joke, and then you just like brought up the Tome of Foes in serious. I'm sorry, it's okay. Which I've read through a little bit of the Tome of Foes. It's kind of interesting, actually. <laughs> yeah, I like it. But that's all I have. Uh, just true neutral is truly the balance. Like it's best to think of it that way and mm-hmm. speaking of finding balance i feel like this particular episode we actually hit a fairly good balance of the lore and the debate between yeah all of the alignments because mm-hmm. there's a lot of debate between what alignment is what but i think it just kind of depends on your campaign honestly it depends mm-hmm. on your campaign it depends on your characters and I can't believe I'm going to say this. Thank you, 4th Edition, for specifically saying alignment is not your whole personality. I I'm think... sorry, I don't know what you just said. Shut up. <laughs> alignment is not your whole personality. When making a character, yes, of course, keep your alignment in, in mind, what alignment you want to be or what alignment you end up finding, depending on the way that you decide that. But... You don't have to, like, live your whole life, like, mm-hmm. to the T on that alignment. Or yeah. I guess your character doesn't, rather. Yeah. Like, your character is still supposed to be, I mean, forgive the shitty words, a human. Mm-hmm. Like, regardless of whether or not they're an elf, their character is still supposed to be realistic and, like, relatable to on a human level. Yeah. So, like, you're going to make different decisions sometimes. Yeah, sometimes, even if you're lawful good, there's you just things that you have to just stop and look at and be like, there's no lawfully good way about this. <laughs> to get to our lawful good conclusion, we're going to have to skip a few steps and maybe take a few chaotic actions. And maybe your character is... 100% balls to the wall lawful. That could be fun to deal with. I'm a healer, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I am afraid to, to cut, cut a bitch. bitch. Nice. nice. Same joke. Yes. Uh, but, like I said, that's all I've got. I have always loved alignments for, mm-hmm. like, since before I even knew about Dungeons & Dragons, honestly, because mm-hmm. it's such a popular part of our culture and how we perceive things now yeah yeah it's such a it's like a ubiquitous like i've seen tests about like your your alignment up in like compilations with like your zodiac your uh myers-briggs enneagram that kind of people who have no interest in dungeons dragons i've seen like post results for an alignment alignment test test yeah mm -hmm. do you even know what dnd is like where that came from but, no, and that's okay. Yeah, exactly. that's fine because it's been it's become such an like integrated part. Yeah, it's it's ubiquitous. Yeah, kind of like zodiac signs and all those other things. Yeah. it's just something that has become mm-hmm. a a thing. A thing. I was gonna say a norm, but hmm, maybe not quite a norm. It's at the basically moment. become pop culture. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like if you spend any time on the internet, yeah, you'll, you'll see at some point Aquarius. A Chaotic neutral, (laughs) INFP. You'll see a reference to the alignment. I thought you were an INFJ. I just threw it out there. I honestly don't remember. Okay, well, it was close enough that I was like, I have no idea what they're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) If you know, you know. You know. But INTP is the best. Woo! In any case. Anyway. Thank you all so much for listening. Hopefully, you enjoyed this. uh, Yeah, gave you some stuff to think about. This 
I feel like what we were doing, for what we were doing, debate was a strong word. I mean, yes. Yeah. Because I feel like basically one of us said something and then the other two were like, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> we, I think we were just, I mean, it was... Discussing. Discussing, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, hopefully this gave you something to think about. Because it certainly gave me something to think about. Yeah. Because I've never heard of, like, law and chaos being framed as, like, you know, what you do habitually yeah. versus what you do oh, randomly. That's, yeah. Yeah. But hey, if you have your own hot take on any of the stuff that we said, feel free to send us a message on any of our social media platforms that we plugged in our little uh, ad, ad break, break there. Yeah, or, uh, or our email. Or our email. Dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. Uh, Especially w- if you have a long one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, which, uh, trust me, we'll read. Even if we don't reply right away, trust me, we read and we talk about it. and like All the time. We have, yeah. a, we have a group messenger and we'll just be like, did you read the email? Yes, oh my god! Followed by like five crying emojis. Yes. Literally. So don't forget to follow us on our social media platforms. Spread the word to your friends. We would really appreciate it. Thank you so much for those of you that have and still mm-hmm. are. We really appreciate right. it. Right, and thank you so much to the ones that have been actually like actively replying and reacting yeah. to our posts. Even if we don't respond right away, trust me, we see it and we we're so appreciative. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. It's been amazing so far and we'll continue going as long as we can. And yeah. we'll also try and get better at replying. We're <laughs> working on it. We're, we're, we're trying our best. <laughs> we try our best every day. Which you should do. <laughs> Hopefully next week will be just as interesting. I hope so. Oh crap, it's me, isn't it? Yep. I should get to work on that. <laughs> Maybe. Next week, you're on Ninjapedia. Thank you.